Bibles with you this morning, turn to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to go to verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Father, for the next few moments here this morning, I ask you to just use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. God, I ask you, Lord, to speak to the hearts of each one that's here today. Let us hear your voice in this word today, God. Give us the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it before us. Give us the godly wisdom to walk in that path. We thank you and we praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I want to talk to you today about treasure in earthen vessels. Let's go back to the beginning of that chapter. It says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Understand what thou readest? I want everybody to get in tune with me this morning on this word. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Sister Erica, explain to me. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry. So what they're talking about, what's he talking about? Since he has that ministry, therefore seeing we have this ministry. Okay, go ahead. What's he talking about? He said, because we have this ministry. Come on. No, what he's saying is, he's saying, therefore, because we have this ministry, seeing that we have this ministry, seeing that God's given us this ministry, and... Because we have received so much mercy, we faint not. See, he said, we have this ministry, seeing that we have this ministry. In other words, discovering that we've been given this ministry, seeing ourselves that we have this ministry, we see, hey, God's given us a ministry. Seeing that we have this ministry, or coming to the realization that God has given us a ministry, made us able ministers, because we have received mercy... So much mercy, we faint not. So in other words, what it is, it's bringing themselves into remembrance of how good God's been to them and realizing what God has given them, which is a ministry, also realizing the abundance of mercy He bestowed upon them that keeps them in the path and keeps them moving forward. You see what I mean? That's right. So you, you have to understand what he's beginning this with. He's saying that, hey, man, you know, we have a job to do. How many of you understand that? We have a job to do. And you know what? Sometimes you have to... Let me tell you something. We've got to be resourceful. 
We have to be resourceful. How many of you know the, the man that was after God's own heart and the man that was a, the apple of God's eye had to be resourceful in finding ways to keep himself in the path? How many of you know he found himself out of that path more than once? Yes. But David said, caught himself down one time and he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. In other words, what's wrong with you? Have you ever talked to yourself like that? I do. Ask myself, man, have you lost your mind? What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You know, we talk about the Israelites. We talk about them like a bunch of dogs sometimes. Oh, dear God, how in the world could the Israelites ever? Well, look at all that God did for them, and look at all that God, the blessings God put on. We talk about that all the time, don't we? I think that was a figment of your imagination. <laughs> Let me tell you something, folks. We talk about them. We talk about them, and we're just like them. I mean, how many times does God have to deliver you in your face of doubt to cause you to quit doubting? How many times does God have to show up and show out before you're going to quit doubting that He's going to show up and going to show out? Every single one of us are guilty. Every single one of us are guilty, and we're going to be guilty again. <laughs> Don't even get me started over. <laughs> Amen. But let me tell you, it's that human nature. It's our human nature. But you know what? Paul was, was talking to the Corinthians. He was saying, hey, man. We know what we got. And because God's been so good to us, we faint not. How many times has God spoke to you and said, you know, I've been good to you? How many times has you felt that? How many times have you felt those words pounding on your heart? You know, I don't deserve this. I've been awful good to you. What's it going to take? You know? Hadn't I been good to you? Didn't I walk on the water? Didn't I calm the storm and seas? How many times does he have to do it? You know, we asked that question to the Israelites. How many times did God have to show up before they going to straighten up? We're just like them. How many times does God have to prove himself to you before you're going to trust him? He said, but we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. How many of you know there's, there's hidden things of dishonesty? We spend more time lying to ourselves than we do to lying to others. Lying to yourself, trying to convince you you're right where you need to be. Knowing all along, really, that there's more we could be doing. Knowing it, really. Knowing we could be pressing further and harder than we are. Every one of us. Justifying every step we take like it's right. 
we're all guilty. He said, but we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the Word of God deceitfully. How many of you ever heard these preachers that preach nothing but money? And I'm going to tell you, they've mastered it. There ain't a scripture in the Bible they can't on money that they can't come at 200 different directions. But by manifestation, he said, we don't handle the Word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Somebody check on Brother Edward. Okay. Nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but manifestation by, by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Now, what's he talking about right there in that part right there, Sister Tara? But by man, not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. What's the what's the manifestation of the truth? That's right. It's by showing. It's it's by by the manifestation of the truth. In other words, here's the thing: these signs shall follow them that believe. So I don't have to handle it craftily or deceitfully. I don't have to do that. I want to be. I want to be a, a, a craftsman in the word, but handling it craftily in that direction is not the right way. See, with craftiness, he's talking about with craftiness for deceit. I want to be skillful in the Word of God. But I don't want to use it to my betterment and the demise of others. I want to use it skillfully to the, to the winning of souls and to getting them home to the, to the Lord. Amen. I want to have the right Scripture at the right time and give them Bible that will win their souls. But here, here they talk about. Here they talk about. Uh, uh, he's talking about showing forth the, showing forth the word of God, the truth. So here's the deal. The Bible said that the word would bear witness with itself. The spirit would bear witness with itself, and and that the word would be established in two or three witnesses. Isn't that what it says? Okay, so. If I'm preaching the truth, it's going to bear itself out, and you're going to see evidence of the truth. You know what some of the evidence in this church is of the truth right now? What's an evident that the truth's being preached here right now? That's right. The Bible said, few there be that find it. Let me tell you something. Don't, don't, don't confuse yourself with these churches that's got lots and lots of folks in them. Now we're going to be we're going to be uh, uh, crowded at some time. That's no doubt. About it. I believe that with their fiber in me. But as the Lord spoke to me one time and, and told me as I was thinking about that and thinking about you know Lord you know man come on Lord you know God said well what would you rather have two hundred people and a third of them ready to meet me or twenty people and every one of them ready to meet me see. 
His eyes are not as man's eye. He seeth not as man seeth. He ain't worried about, hey, having all these chairs full because that means nothing to him. It's leaven in the lump if they're not ready to meet God. What good is that? That may look good to you or me, but that don't look good to God. Because what you're seeing is on the outside, what God's seeing on the inside, He said outwardly they're white as sepulchers. But inwardly, they're full of dead man's bones. Don't you think God can see that? Do you think it would thrill God to have a bunch of people with dead man's bones inside, staying here, uh, uh, sitting in the church right here, filling it up? What good is that? May look good to people out there, and they can drive them. Well, oh my goodness, they got a big old crowd down there. But then they come up in here, and and it's a bunch of fake stuff. I don't want that. I don't want that. You know what? I really don't want that because I'm going to have to give an account. <laughs> it's the same temperature as it was a while ago when you was doing this. <laughs> Ooh, I'm telling you, look at your hands. Have your hands got smaller recently? Amen. Now... So, so they're saying what he says here is it says that that it would be by the manifestation of the truth. So the truth bears itself out, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Now, but if our gospel in verse three be hid. It is hid to them that are lost. The Bible says that men's minds are blinded by the God of this world, but the Lord also says that He would blind them. And He would give them a lie. They would believe a lie. He would send them strong delusions that they would believe a lie and be damned because they had not a love for the truth. All right, so let's get a couple of Scriptures. Sister Erica, give me Luke 10:21. Sister Hoffman, give me Matthew 13:10 and 11. Go ahead. See that? You see what that is? You know what it's saying right there? He hid it from the wise and the prudent. But you remember the Bible? It says that hey, that uh, that you had to receive this as a child. If you come unto the Lord as a child, that's how you're going to get some teaching. But if you try to come up to God and tell Him how wise and smart you are, how how you've got it all together, it's hidden from you. He will hide it from you that you know not. But if you come to Him as a child, like a sponge, teach me, O Lord, teach me Thy way. You know, that's what David said. That's how he became the man after God's own heart. Teach me, O Lord, teach me thy ways. See? Okay, go ahead. Is that it? Okay, give me Matthew 13, 10, and 11. See that? To them it's not given. It's not given. It ain't that they ain't got it. It's not given to them. How can they have something that it ain't given to? Let me tell you something. I wouldn't have the Word of God, neither would you, except God sent it to me, give it to me, and give it to you. Amen. 
The only reason I have an abundance of revelation is because God gave it to me. It ain't got nothing, it's nothing to do with me. Amen. He could have given it to anybody, but he gave it to me. Praise God. And the reason that we have it is because it was given to us. But these people down the road, the reason they don't have it, it wasn't given to them. And the reason it wasn't given to them is because they don't have a hunger for it. Amen. Now, so, in whom, but if the gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom, now it's talking about them that are lost now. Are we there? Are we on the same page? Everybody understand? It's talking about them that are lost at this point. It says, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of this glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So that's the reason the devil blinds them by the lusts and things of this world to keep the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, from shining unto them. He blinds them. If they start looking this way, he blinds them. Oh, wait, wait. No, look over here. here football game. Football game. Oh, you know what? I think I'm going to go to church this way. Wait, wait, wait. I, no, wait, wait. Hold, hold, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, football game. Oh, wait, you got this over here you can do. Oh, yeah, you're tired. You deserve a break today. Understand, the devil is always trying to fill your schedule. Always trying to fill your schedule. And if you let him, he'll do it every time. Every time. Do you know that at some point in your life, this has to be a priority? You have to fill this, this into your life. You have to force it. You have to force it until you don't have to. And you will force it until you don't have to. If you don't, you'll always have to force it. So you have to force this until it it becomes it, it, it no longer is a problem. Now, okay, is that it? Is that it? Okay. All right, so let's go further. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. I serve you. But make no mistake about it. I don't serve the world. I'm not a servant of this world. I don't even like being in business. Because I have to deal with the world. But let me tell you, I'm not a servant of the world. I'm a servant of this. I'm a servant to you because of the Lord. But I don't preach me. What do I preach? I preach Jesus. I, I preach Him crucified. And not only crucified, but raised from the dead. I preach Him alive forevermore. Praise God. 
I don't preach me. What the heck good would that do? Receive me. What? No. What good's that? I mean, like you ain't got enough wickedness yourself. What you need is Jesus, because that's the only thing going to get you anywhere. Amen. So, he said, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So before you're going to see the glory of God, you're going to see it in the face of Jesus Christ. You're going to have to look into the face of Jesus to see the glory of God. And that means through that name, amen, you're going to have to see that in the name, praise God. You're going to see it in the face of Jesus. Now, but we, listen to what it says, here's our text, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What does that mean, Sister Sister Sharon? We have that word. The treasure that it's talking about here is the Word of God. It is the treasure that's above all treasure. Amen. We have it in earthen vessels. Amen. Which means we have it in us. That's correct. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So in other words, what it's saying is God put His glory, His power, and all of that in earthen vessels that there ain't no way anybody that anybody could take glory of it. That His excellency, the excellency of His power may be of God and not of us. If we were all that, then they could shine the light on us. But because we're earthen vessels, and the power of God is not a man thing, it's a God thing, He put the power of God in us to show that it's God working in us. Understand? You understand what I'm saying? So He put the power in somebody as meager as Brother Edward, so there ain't no there ain't no way to mistake it that man that's got to be God. You see what I mean? So when Brother Edward goes down and visits hell up there in wherever it's at over there and sees all the people that's blowed up and his family and everything else and he walks over there, you know what? He ain't no different than them. The only difference is, is what's within him. That's the difference. It's the power of God, the excellency of God, working in an earthen vessel, amen, and there ain't no doubt it's not him. And, and so that's why, God, that's why God uses these earthen vessels. And he says, you know what? <laughs> I'm no different than you. I came out of the same womb you came out of. I was made the same way you was made. The only difference is... You're running with the, you whoring around with the devil, and I'm running with the one who created me. I'm running with Jesus. Amen. And so the power and the excellency of the power of God's working in him, and it's manifested in him. What's the manifestation of it, Brother Edward? 
What's the manifestation of the glory and the excellency and the power of God working in you? What's the manifestation of it? You better believe it's a favor of God. It's the house. It's the cars. It's the finances. Amen. It's the food in the pantry. Praise God. It's the shoes on your feet. It's the little power wheels that your daughter has. Amen. It's the things that you're able to do. Praise the Lamb of God. Because of the excellency of the power of God working in you. They could have every one of them things too. I guarantee you if they'd have stuck in here and hung in here with me, praise the Lamb of God, I'll tell you what, buddy, they would be, they would have, both of them would have cars, them kids would have shoes, they would have pantries overflowing with food, praise God, they wouldn't have these problems, they'd have a nice house, they'd have air conditioned heating, and they wouldn't be calling begging. How do I know that? The Word declares it. I've been young, now I'm old. Or, <laughs> praise God, he said, but yet never, never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Man, I'm going to tell you, I ain't rich by any stretch of imagination, man. You kidding me? Broke, buddy. But I'll tell you what, I ain't worried about where my next meal's coming from because I belong to Jesus. I'm not worried about how it's going to work out because God's got me. Praise God, I'm going to win. I'm going to win because I've read the end of the book. If I faint not. That's a big key. Okay. So let's get some Bible. So this treasure, this is what we're entrusted with. The treasure is the what? Brother Edward, get me John 6, 58 through 63. Sister Sharon, I want you to get me Matthew 13, 44 through 50. Sister Tara, Proverbs 23, 23, one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. Go ahead. 63. That's not that bread, but this is the bread that came down from heaven. It ain't the manna. Go ahead. What bread is it talking about, Sister Erica? Amen. Come on with it. Go ahead. Capernaum, or Capernaum. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> mm-hmm. He said, what and if, so what if or and if, go ahead, you see the Son of God, go ahead. To where he what? To what? Wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. That can't happen because, you know, Jesus is Jesus not God, right? I mean, so how can that possibly be? How can that be where he was before? <laughs> if he ascended up to where he was before, hello? It's almost like a highway going over top of people's heads. Go ahead. Okay, so what he said there, he said, hey, what and if you see me ascend up to where I was before? If you do, he said, it's the Spirit of God. 
It ain't the flesh. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Is that it? Praise God. <laughs> Some good stuff. Amen. So this is the Word. This is that treasure. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Bible says, praise God, he, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay? So this is that treasure. Come on, John 6, 58 through, no, uh, uh, Matthew 13, 44 through 50. Go ahead, sister. Oh, yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on. Listen carefully. Can you hear the Word of God talking this morning? Can you see? Read that again carefully. Read that again. Listen very carefully. It's like under treasure that was hid in a field. Amen. The field of life. And there's a treasure hidden in this field of life. What is that treasure? That treasure is peace that surpasses all understanding. That treasure is is uh, uh, like manna from heaven. In a, it's like food in the midst of a famine, water in the midst of a drought. It's a treasure. Let me tell you, your treasures will change throughout your life according to where you're at. Amen. Treasure to a man that ain't got no water, gold ain't worth a flip. Water is much more precious than gold in a famine, I mean in a drought. Amen. Food is more precious than gold. Uh, you can't eat gold. Amen. But you'll trade all that gold for some food when your famine comes. Amen. You give up that gold in a hurry because you want some food. Amen. Because you're starving. It's all a matter of perspective. It's all a matter of what eyes you're looking out of at the time, praise God, to, uh, to, to stipulate what's most important to you. Amen. Now, okay, so it's, it's like unto a treasure hid in a field. Go ahead. Okay, now, the Bible says hide the Word in your heart, does it not? Okay, so you hide it. You find it. You hide it away in your heart. You take hold of it. Amen. And you know what you got to do next? You got to sell out. That's right. Go ahead. Go ahead, sister. Okay, now, there ain't no grief involved in that. Didn't say, oh man, nobody's have to drag you kicking and screaming. Oh, there, God. No, no, baby, do it. Oh, no, 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 baby, do it. No, it's for the joy of what you found. Man, have you ever got to a place where, man, you was wanting relief so bad and all of a sudden you got it? And dear God, man, there was nothing like it. Just to breathe a sigh of relief. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. And you found that, you found that relief. Praise God. And for joy, you did it. Let me tell you something. I don't want you to sell out to God into this walk, man, because it's forced on you. God don't want you it to be forced on you either. He wants you to choose Him joyfully. Amen. A cheerful giver. I cheerfully gave. I didn't go to, oh, God. Oh, I had to give up that drinking. Oh, Lord, God, I don't want to do it, God. Can't I make heaven, Lord, this bottle in my hand? Oh, Lord, come on, Lord, give me some cocaine. God, come on now. Yeah. He says, straighten theirs away, God. Give me a line about that long. No. So, you see, he said, for the joy, for joy. He don't want you selling out to him because it's forced on you. He wants you to willingly give it up. And turn it loose. 
Sell all that you have. Go ahead, sister. And buy at that field. Let me tell you something. This is something you got to buy right here. You're going to buy it with everything you got, or you ain't going to have it. Now, watch how much it cost. All you got. Is that it? Go ahead. Okay. A merchant man. He's going around looking for things to buy and sell. Amen. A merchant man. Go ahead. Now, understand, a merchant man's going to buy something to take it somewhere else. See? A merchant man, he's a buyer and seller. Bible says, buy the truth, sell it not. Isn't that what it says? We're going to see that here in just a minute. Go ahead. He sold everything else he'd been trying to buy all over the place. All that misery he'd been carrying around. He, let me tell you, how many of you know misery loves company? When, when you bunch of potheads and people in here used to smoke dope and all that kind of stuff, didn't you try to find somebody smoke some dope with you? Probably somebody named Luscious or something. Maybe come on, give us my smoke some with me. Come on, Luscious. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it's luscious. It's really just another name for Lucifer. But anyway, so <laughs> yeah. Okay, so okay. Come on, sis. A net, ever kind. Sit down. Good into vessels. Amen. Praise God. Listen, we gathered the good, praise God, into, into Navasota, sent the bad to Tomball. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> was, is, that what, is that what it said? <laughs> Beaumont. Send it to Beaumont. <laughs> yes. Amen. Mm. Wow. Let me tell you, this is truly a treasure. How many of you see this as a treasure? Isn't it awesome? Isn't it wonderful to walk in the realm that you're in right now, seeing the Word of God like you see it, even when it cuts you to the core? Isn't it still good that you can see it like that and you can understand what it's doing? That it don't just hurt you without cause, but it hurts you and it hurts you good. I mean, man, no pain, no gain. It's like that. It's like that pain that feels good, really. The pain of a tooth being extracted. What what conquers that pain? It's the thought of being without pain once it's gone. Amen. Because it's the pain of that toothache brought you there. Amen. Man, there ain't nothing fun about getting a tooth pulled out, except for the thought, praise God, of it being gone once it's over with. It ain't no fun going to a delivery room knowing you fixing to pass a, a something, man, that just ain't natural. Just like, man, wait a minute, hold the wagon. Hold on. Wait, that ain't going to work. How's that going to work? Wait a minute, no. No, hey, something here ain't I'm doing the math here. This is not going to work out right. It's just, let me, knock me out right now. Something's got to give here, okay? But you know what the Bible says, that you know what, all that labor's tough. But you know what? He said, hey. Just a short time after it's over with, man, all that's over with. All that's after this, after she's delivered, <laughs> amen, all that's over with. And then it's all, all the thought of that's gone away for the joy that she's brought a child into the world. It's joy then. Joy takes over. 
But, but it ain't joy when you're going through that delivery. <laughs> Looking for somebody to kill. <laughs> but you know, praise God, the treasure that we have is worth it all. The Lord likened it unto all these things, this treasure that we, that we have. Man, I tell you what, we don't realize sometimes what we got. More so, we don't realize what they don't have. Neither do they. They have no idea what we got. If they don't love God like we do, they don't know Him like we do. Because to know Him is to love Him. Once you get a hold of this walk, I'm going to tell you something. Ain't nobody ever walked away from this walk. If they ever had a hold of it, they ain't walked away from it without it drawing them, pulling them, and just tearing them up, bringing them back. You can't get rid of this. You can't turn loose of this. It's just that good. This walk with God is just, it's an anchor that holds you. And no matter how hard we try to pull against that anchor, it holds. Praise God. That's one of the great things about it. Amen. Now, okay, Proverbs 23, 23. Come on, sister. Wisdom, instruction, understanding. Buy the truth. Buy it. Sell out. Amen. Because you're going to have to purchase it. Jesus purchased salvation with His own blood. You're going to have to give everything you got. You're going to have to trade what you have for what He's got. You're going to have to trade what you have for what He's offering. It's a trade-off. It's a 100% trade-off. There ain't no, well, I'll tell you what I'll give you. Uh, I don't know, give you 75%. You give me, you know... You give me what you got. No, that ain't going to work. No, if you want if you want what he's got, it's going to cost everything you got. It's a trade-off. Buy the truth, sell it not. Also, wisdom. Don't let go of wisdom. Wisdom is one thing that helps keep you in the path. Godly wisdom. Where do you find that at? Where do you find that at? The Word of God. Amen. Okay. Wisdom and understanding, praise God. Now, how do you get understanding? Through teaching, through the Holy Ghost, and through a pastor, and through teaching. That's right, preachers and teachers, amen. And the Word of God, and the Holy Ghost, amen. The anointing, praise God. That's, that's where you get that. Buy those things. Give yourselves wholly to them, and, and, and sell them not. Man, they're not for sale. And let me tell you something, that devil will bring you a high price. He will bring you all kind of high prices to try to buy that out from under you, man. He will try to get you to sell out. There is nothing he's peddling that's worth it. If you could be the richest person and you were promised a thousand years of being the richest person that ever lived. Let me tell you something. A thousand years from standing where you're at looks like a long time. But when you get to the end of that thousand years, it's not going to look so long. And you will get to the end of it. And then it's over with. No matter how long you live. When you were a child, man, that looked like forever. But when you got to the end of your life and looked back on it, honey, it's a vapor. It went by so fast, man, it's gone. It's not so far then because you've been there, done that. If we could just realize how short life really is, we would take it more serious and walk it more carefully and cautiously, wouldn't we? 
Amen. Okay, now, so we don't sell it. We buy the truth and share it. We don't sell it. It ain't sale. That's right. So we share it with others. Amen. Now, okay, Sister Erica, give me First Peter 2, 6 through 8. Sister, Sister Tara, give me First Corinthians 1, 23 and 24. Go ahead, Sister Erica, when you get it. In Zion. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Put on your thinking caps. Here we go. Side note. Okay, so verse 6. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. Who's that? And he that believeth on him, who's that? Okay, and who is the him? Shall not be confounded. All right. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. You see that? Unto you that believe, he's precious. Who's he talking about there? Us, that's right. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. Okay? He's made the head of the corner and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word. Okay? Even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient. Whereunto also they were appointed. There's a difference in just being disobedient, completely disregarding the word, and then there's a, there's others that stumble at the word. There's others that try to walk in the word, but then they come to something they don't like and they stumble at it fumbling around there trying to find a way to justify what they're doing against that word. Oh, well, that's not what it really said. Had God really said, oh, well, see, and it becomes a rock of offense. Even to those that were called to walk rightly. Sometimes people stumble at the word, find themselves out. You know, that's what... That's what happens sometimes when you listen to the wrong voices. Let me tell you. If a voice comes and tells you to leave this church, that ain't the voice of God. May look like God, may sound like God, but that ain't God. Did you know the devil knows how to do that? He knows how to do that. The Bible said it's no strange thing that the devil come as an angel of light. But did you know the only way you're ever going to defeat the devil? Did you know which side you're going to be on? 
It's the one you feed the most. Did you know you're going to have to side with one or the other at all times? Because let me tell you something, they're both vying for your attention. They're both sending you a message. It's like walking around with two cell phones. One's text message from the enemy, one's text message from the Lord. You're going to have to decide which ones you're going to open. Let me tell you something. It's best just turn this one off and get rid of the phone altogether and keep one. Yeah, because the devil is going to try everything he can to try to tear you down. It's his job. He's very good at his job. Do you know that the devil knows you? Did you know the closer that you get to God, the more of a target that you are? Did you know that you become a prize possession? The more prized of a possession you are to God, the more prized of a possession you become to the devil. Don't you know that it was a royal feather in the devil's cap when he got David to gaze upon that woman across the way and caused him to fall? Now, okay, who's got, okay, First Peter 2, 6 and 8, so 6 to 8, all right, now, as a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them that stumbled the word being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Okay, now, let's look at First uh, Corinthians 1, 23, 24, who's got it, come on, okay, see, now look. Notice, notice the word here this morning. I could fill this place up. I could go out and fill this place up with all sorts of people today. I could have your dad come and, and have all those people and get them here and your sister and your mom and, and have, have uh, some of uh, my, my in-laws and have some of my family come. And I could, I could let me tell you what, I could preach us. A same message, I could preach one of the messages I preach, okay? I could preach it just like I always do, the same message. And let me tell you how it's going to work. It's going to work just like it's talking about right here. Go ahead. Though we preach Christ... Now, you have to read it in a certain way here to get the understanding of it, sister. Though Though we preach Christ crucified to the Jew, a stumbling block. Okay, go ahead. And under the Greeks, foolishness. Go ahead. Okay, so explain to me. Okay, let me help you. Look at the word there, sister. Listen to what it is that you just read. And understand, look, if I preach the same message to you, Brother Edward, Sister Sharon, my wife, Sister Erica, and I had a bunch of other people, even people that were in this church before, or a bunch of people that each of us know. We know lots of people that would find this, you find the message true. You find the message as power. You find the message as delivering. You'd find the message as peace and joy and happiness. You find it as that rod of correction that, that leadeth you to eternal life. They would find it as a rock of offense. They would find it as a stumbling block. They would find it as a uh, uh, as, as a, uh, uh, a, a stumbling stone. See what it says? 
What does it say? It says that they see it as what? To the Jew, what? An offense? A stumbling block. Okay, so that's what your dad said. Well, and I won't be able to do that if I if I hear that. If I believe all that nonsense, well, then I'm going to have to, I can't be, I can't do what I'm doing and believe. Well, it becomes a stumbling block for him. He can't follow this walk. He'd have to stop what he's doing. See what I mean? That's the same things that's got so many people in our families tore up this message. Well, ah, well, who does that sound like? When you hear your family, don't it sound just like Lucifer himself talking? Well, oh, well, man, well, oh, that ain't no good. Why, wow, man, oh, you can't believe all that crazy talk. Stay away from your people. Buddy. Come on, get all that Pentecostal crap. Who does that sound like? It's the devil himself saying that stuff. He's just using him for a mouthpiece. Oh, well, I don't believe all that. I care whether or not you believe it or not. Uh, buddy, you going to believe it. You better find a way to believe it now, because you're going to believe it. Whether you believe it or not, does it make it of none effect? Does it make the Word of God of none effect? The Bible says, God forbid, let God be true and every man a liar. It don't matter whether or not you believe it or not. Black's black, white's white, pink's pink's, orange's orange. I mean, you sit there and tell me a potato is a, is a carrot. It don't make it a carrot. Well, I'm going to have 500 people tell you it's a carrot. I don't care what's out. Have the four trillion of you tell me it's a carrot. A potato is a potato. <laughs> I mean, buddy, it ain't going to change it. I don't care how much you wish it was or hope it is or try to make it, wish it to be so. You ain't going to change the Word of God into a lie. The Word of God is true. You understand now, Sister, Sister Tara? So, there, so if if I, I could, you know, I preach this message to thousands of people. Most of them find it as a stumbling block. To them, it's a stumbling block. But to us, it's the power of God. To us, it's the delivering hand of God. To us, it's that chastening hand that brings me into the place I need to be. Praise God. I'm gonna come, I may come in bruised or battered, church, but I'm coming in. Praise God. I may come in beaten and battered, buddy. I may come in on broken pieces, but I'm coming to shore, honey. Hallelujah. I'm going home, praise God. I don't care what I look like when I get there, praise the Lamb of God. All this going to change anyway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Now, this is a hid treasure, praise God. Okay, who's got the next scripture? Anybody? All right, brother Edward, give me First Peter one through uh, one seven. First Peter one seven. Hmm. Read that again. Okay. So, what is more precious than gold that perishes? And the faith It's talking about the trying of your faith. The faith being more precious than gold as well. The faith is more precious than gold as well. And that faith, that word faith, there is not faith in believing. That faith right there is doctrine. It's the doctrine you follow, praise God. Amen. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Might be found at the end. It's going to be found at the end, praise God, to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Oh, you're going to give glory to God. You may not tell you what, there's been a many a person, and maybe some of you may, man, I'll tell you what, I have a, I'm a master at making people mad. I can do it. 
I can do it, but I'll tell you right now, if you hold fast to the end, I praise the Lamb of God. I'll tell you what, when you get home, you'll be thanking God for me then, praise God. You'll be thanking God I wasn't sugarcoating it then. Do you realize you ain't nobody can be sugarcoated? Do you realize sugar ain't going to work on you? Do you know how I know that? Because you're here. Do you think God throwed you in the lion's den for no reason at all? This is a school for hard knocks, folks. If God didn't think you could or know that you could handle the truth, He wouldn't put you in this. It takes a very particular type of person. You are peculiar people. Amen. You're a particular type of people. God puts you in here in the meat house. And that's what this is. Because this is strong meat, praise God. But God didn't need to put you in the candy store. You want to be in the candy store. Oh, hell, look at the smiles coming across their face. My wife's getting all excited. Dear God, I'm about to watch her. She'll be running out the door in a minute grabbing some candy. Every time I go to my kitchen, there's a bowl of candy on the counter. I put it up, come back in there, back on the counter. Little bowl that big, got 97 candy bars in, 197 candy bars in it. And, and there's less every time I pass by the bowl. Amen. <laughs> Look, she's like, where's that at? <laughs> Is that at the house? <laughs> yeah, I know I'm going to just stop by, you know. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> we want the candy store sometimes. That's the easy path, and that's what we like. That's old flesh loves a candy store. But the scales don't. How many of you love to eat the candy, but you don't like the results? Come on, church. Wake up in here this morning. I'm not preaching by myself here, am I? Praise God. We love candy. I'm an ice cream eating machine. I love Blue Bell ice cream, son. I could eat my weight in it. But you know what? Praise God. I've lost 20 pounds recently. And every time, man, I've been, I've been hanging around that Blue Bell ice cream carton in the freezer and I can see it coming back on, buddy. I'm getting on the scale and there's that mountain. What's something wrong with this stupid scale? Line. This is a line scale. This must be a devil scale. Cause there ain't no way in the world I could be able to put three or four pounds back on. We love that, but you see, let me tell you something. Well, I'm all in or all out, sister. I mean, I ain't going to play. I don't go talk to Bluebell and play. I ain't playing Bluebell. I'm going to get all in some Bluebell. Look, we're fixing to have a... Listen, uh, y'all have heard of mud wrestling. I could get all in a big old vat of butter pecan ice cream and just go crazy. But you know, the thing about it is... There's a price to pay. Here's the, here's the killer. Here's the kicker. Do you want to pay the price now or do you want to pay the price later? So you see, there's a price to be paid. You're going to have to pay the piper one time or another. You can either put off the hard stuff now and pay the hard stuff for eternity or you can take the suffering right now, which is but for a moment, and not to be compared with the glory that's going to come later. But God put you in this place because you had what it takes to be here. Amen. And this is a, let me tell you something. This is a foundation. I believe this is an end time work. I believe there's people coming to this place. And we need to be ready for them to get here because they're coming. Praise God. I didn't try. I was talking to the Lord the other day. I spared nothing on this thing. I went, I went way over my budget. I didn't have no budget. 
I went over and beyond, man, on this place. And I told God, I said, look, God, I don't chinch on you. I ain't chinching on you. We could still be in white chairs. We could still have them plastic chairs in here. We could still have a lot of things that we didn't have to have right away. But I saw them as necessary because, man, I'm not going to chinch on God. I trust God. I know God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. Amen. He knows my heart. This is the house of the living God. Amen. I didn't go overboard and go crazy with it. But praise God. It's nice. And it's a place that people would be proud to come to. Amen. And call their home. Amen. If you can endure the message. Because the message is strong here. Amen. It's strong here. But it's meant to be strong here. That's right. And praise God, what we want is people to get in here and develop a hunger for this. And to see a move. Let me tell you something. It's an awesome thing to be part of a move of God. It's an awesome thing to be part of a move of God. And it feels good. As Brother Edward was saying this morning, you know, you can see the wheels turning. And it feels good to be a part of that. Praise God. It feels good to be a part of that. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Let me tell you something. You ain't the only ones God's working on. God's working. He's working on lots of people right now. There's a lot. This church is on a lot of people's mind right now. Huh? Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, it's, it's on more people's minds than you know. People that have gotten away, it's on their mind. People that know they ought to be. The closer you get to the narrows of the hourglass, the more pressure. The more pressure it's going to be. Somebody wants to, bad enough, they'll go to hell. But I'm going to tell you, it ain't going to be without a fight. You ain't going to be able to blame Jesus for it. Because God's going to do His part. And I believe we're going to do ours too, ain't we? To try to reach them and encourage them. Amen. All right, now. All right, go to 2 Timothy. Was that all of it? Okay, go to 2 Timothy with me too. 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let's go to verse 19. The Bible says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are His, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ, which is... No, no, no. That is, but I meant, what's the name of Christ? Okay, let everyone that nameth the name of Christ, and that was the correct answer too, brother, because that's right. Depart from iniquity. Amen. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use. And prepared unto every good work. Did you know God will prepare you unto every good work? That's what the foundation is about. Flee also youthful lusts. But follow righteousness, faith, and charity, and peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. That means, listen, man, when, you, when you're baptized in the name of Jesus, you did it for the, right, for the right reason and with the right heart. 
not just so you can uh, wear your own apparel and eat your own bread, only let us wear your name so that we can take away our reproach. But the foolish and unlearned questions, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Amen. So God prepares us, gives us that treasure. Then he puts it in this earthen vessel. These earthen vessels are just merely jars of clay. These are temporal bodies. This ain't going to be my body forever. The Bible says we're going to be like Him. We're going to have a new body. Amen. It ain't going to be this broken, wretched mess I've turned this one into. Praise God. It's not going to be this mess of a body I've made of this one. Look at Jeremiah. Brother Edward, get me that. Jeremiah 18, 2 through 6, please. Okay, what did he mean? What did he mean there, brother, when he said, I will cause thee to hear my words? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, go to the potter's house. He said, I'm going to show you something. It's like when the Lord takes you to a place in his word and says, hey, I'm going to show you something. Or when I give you an illustration in the Word, you can't understand it, but I give you an illustration, and then, you know what? What is it when I reveal the Word of God as He's revealed it to me? When I reveal it to you, what is that? It's the same exact thing. He said, go to the potter's house. So he goes to the potter's house, and I believe he went to the potter's house. And he went in and he looked. God was going to tell him something, but he wanted him to clearly see what God was saying to him, so he sent him to the potter's house so he could explain it through action. He's going to say, I'm going to try to explain something to you, but you're not going to understand it standing here. Go down to Potter's house. I'm going to cause you to hear my word. In other words, there's times that I, that I give you an example of what God's talking about, and it reveals what he's really saying. You see what I mean? So it's, a, it's like the parables that he spoke in. He spoke in parables so that they could more clearly understand when they apply it to what's going on in their personal life or in their, in their real everyday life. He brought it down. He does not nature itself teach you. See? And so... Here, he's saying, go down to Potter's house. I'm going to cause you to hear my words. In other words, I'm going to cause you to understand what it is I'm going to try to tell you. You're going to understand it because you're going to be looking right here at the potter. I'm going to explain and I'm going to give you an example of, of what the kingdom of God is and what I'm trying to do with you. And I want to show you by illustration what I'm saying. So that's what he's saying. Go ahead. See how he showed him? See how he showed him right there? How he showed Jeremiah right there? Cannot I do this? The same as this potter's doing on this wheel? Can I, can I not do that with Israel? Go ahead. Two through six. Okay. Now, we are these earthen vessels. What God did to you when you came here, 
is he broke you. He broke that vessel. It was marred in the hands of the Lord. It was a marred vessel. You know why? Because it wasn't made properly. It didn't have the right temperature when they stuck it in the oven. It wasn't made flawless. It had imperfections in it. It had once saved, always saved, or it might have had it might have had some leaven here, some leaven there. Might have had some crazy penthouse book called the Message, which it may as well have been because I ain't never seen nothing like it. <laughs> yeah, that must have been luscious three and twelve. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Amen. But you see, God. What did God do? He broke it, ground it into pieces, ground all them thoughts that you thought you had, and He put you on the wheel and made you again a new vessel. How you like that new vessel? I like them new vessels. Them new vessels are working just fine, praise God. And did you know what? They're designed by God. The right designer, the real God. Let me tell you, just a little side note, noticing my wife uh, 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 saw, or no, I was watching this morning. Yeah, we were looking at something this morning. They've got all these billboards all over the, 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 the uh, uh, <clears throat> Muslims have billboards all over it saying that, come find Jesus in the Koran. Yeah, oh, they're everywhere. There's several in Dallas. Jesus, God, uh, Moses, and Muhammad. All in the Koran is what they're saying. Well, let me tell you what. In eight places, the, the Jesus in the Koran and the Jesus in the Bible are not the same Jesus. Matter of fact, Allah in the Quran says that if you in eight places said that if you and this is this is actual this is actually exactly what it says that if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God you will go to hell. Specifically says that eight times in the in the Quran. And they're wanting you to come and find Jesus in the Quran. They're trying to say we follow the same we follow in the same God. They need to get them Luciferian, devil-worshipping, homicidal maniacs out of this land is what they need to do. I mean, it ain't going to save us because the, because the Bible declares that that uh, it ain't nothing going to change. It's coming to an expected end. But it sure be a better way of life, I can tell you that. I don't know about you, but putting a wolf in the sheep pen is not a good idea. But he's a tame wolf. No, he's a wolf, Jack. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's fat. Yeah, this ain't fluffy. This is fat, what this is. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't going to try to justify it no kind of way. This bluebell ice cream made me fat, not fluffy. Okay. <laughs> now, all right, so... Go to John 12, and I'm getting ready to close. No, I am, because the tape's running out. 
Help me this morning, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me this morning, Lord. The sheep are plotting against the shepherd, Lord. They're flocking on me. Yeah, that's right. All God's got to do is flip you upside down. You're done. No, those are the Catholic tapes, or some of them. Yeah. Yeah. What are you trying? What are you insinuating here, sister? Just spit it out. Shut up. Just spit it out. Shut up. <laughs> Brother Bain, I need some help down here in Texas. Can you come down here right quick? Just a few minutes to straighten this crowd out. <laughs> Obsessive compulsive OCD. You know why I'm doing that? Yes. I, because I'm looking at you, one may flip right to it, but you got eight others that's getting there like this, and, and they're looking up and thinking, you know, what, what was that? And so I say it. Before they have a chance to ask me, I'm telling them again. So it's not that I'm flipping out up here and I'm stuck on. It's not that I'm I'm, I'm flipping out and I'm going to, to rewind. What? What? Straighten up over there. I might. Hey, hey, as you do to your daughter, I, hey. Oh, okay. John twelve forty four through fifty says this. John twelve, you see there? See, there's one now. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me be- he that believeth on me believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. See? So if you believe on me, you don't believe in, in on me, you're believing on the one that sent me. To follow this walk, to follow what I preach, is not to follow me. It's to follow Him, the one that sent me. If you're following a doctrine of the Baptist or whoever you're, you're not following that man. You're following the one he's following. And if he's not following Jesus, you're following whoever he's following. You're not following that man. You're following the one behind it. Let me tell you something. There's only two. And they say, well, I don't know, man, that's just awful mean and stern. Well, here's the here's the, the, nut, the nutshell. You're following Jesus or you're following the devil. It's just that simple. To not follow Jesus is to follow the devil. You can sit there and try to convince yourself to your blue in the face that you're not following Satan, you're not following nobody. Yes, you are. To not follow God that I'm following is to follow Lucifer. In the story. So, you believe it not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not... I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. The reason Jesus came was not to judge people. Jesus came as the Savior. He robed himself in flesh. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, not to judge us, but to save us. But now, 
as he's gone back to prepare a place for those that received that message and followed that message to the very end. And then when we see him on that side, we're going to see him as the judge. He will then be a judge, and he will not be the Savior at that point. So now he's the Savior, and he came the first time as the Savior. The second time it will be as a judge. He that rejected me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of my...